Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Had we played really well defensively, I would feel the same way about how we have work to do. It's not, you can't do something for one possession. You can't do something for one quarter. You can't do something for one game. It's the investment you make in it that ultimately that creates the, the grit and the fiber. And, and that's just, we got to work and we got to keep working and pay attention to details and, and results will follow that. You know, we've been working. And sometimes when you put time into something and you work at it, you kind of have to have an expectation that it's okay. I, I did this and you know, I bought my ticket. Now I get to turn it in and go on the ride. There you go. That's Quinn Snyder. Last night here on our station after the Jazz get beat again. 126 to 118 to Portland. The preseason is now over. Oh, jeez. Yuck, 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 yuck. Okay, man. You need to get soccer off the freaking brain. The Utah Jazz dropped their preseason final 126-118 to the Portland Timbers. <laughs> what is wrong Oops. with you? Getting ready for this weekend soccer? No, game. we're not getting ready for this weekend soccer games. My bad. We got college football to get ready for. Jeez, you who's in a bigger slump, Yawk or the Jazz? Me. <laughs> Man, I disagree with Snyder. You know, he would uh, say what he say right there. He'd feel the same way if it was going well. Basically, is that what he said right off the bat? See if you can play that first line again. Here, what he has. Had we played? really well defensively, I would feel the same way about how we have worked. That's good. No, I don't think he would. I think he's got to feel worse. I mean, this season, this preseason, with the capitalization of the word preseason, so let's put it where it is, preseason, but it's been a disaster. I mean, we can lie, we can rationalize, we could be fanboy, we could be homers, but you in your car, going to work, whatever you're doing this morning, you don't want to hear that. You want to hear the truth. And the preseason defensively has been a disaster. Now, does that mean it's a disaster all the time when the season starts in six days? I'm not sure. None of us want to see that. But the Jazz are not playing well whatsoever. Bojan Bogdanovich. I want to say Booyah Boyan, but I haven't able to say Booyah Boyan. He can't make a shot. He looks lost out there. Emphasis on the preseason. And if you're going to look lost and if you can't make a shot and you're going to suck defensively, it's best to do it in the preseason. And if they come out and win in six days, and if they come out and win in eight days and nine days and so forth and so on when the schedule starts, then nobody cares. It only matters if the pattern continues. And I'm not saying it's going to continue because I don't know that it's going going to continue. My belief is it won't continue to the level that it has been so far in the preseason. I think there's obviously uh, an issue with new guys coming together. And then also, too, this team sort of before our eyes went from a young team to an old team. Not maybe not an old team, but a veteran team. You know, you've got right now with Ingles, 32, Conley, 32, Bogdanovich, 30. Jeff Green is up there. You got guys that, uh, you, you got to wake them up for the preseason, don't you? 
I mean, these guys have played many games, many big games, many playoff games, all these guys that I just mentioned. So for them to get excited about preseason, yeah, I don't think that that's really going to be the case. And why should it be when you're a veteran, a proven commodity, and they've got a lot of veteran proven commodities on this team. Even a couple of the young guys, to a great extent, are proven commodities, and that's obviously Mitchell and Gobert. And Gobert continues to say he's not worried. So, we'll be hitting the Jazz this morning a lot, see what's going on as far as that goes. We got NBA expert Ben Anderson coming in here in about 50 minutes, and we'll talk to him. He's going to be covering the Jazz this season, doing some work for us. We're excited about that. So there you go. Jazz dropped to 0-4, was it, against NBA competition. They beat the Adelaide Hoosie Wutzers. 36ers. Uh, yeah. About the margin of defeat in the Jazz preseason, the 36ers. So, lots to talk about with the Jazz right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NBA. LeBron James. Spot up and shoot. Here is AD. Love underneath. Go ahead and feast on that. JaVale McGee. Davis, good outlet pass to LeBron. Here he goes. Back pass to Danny Green. Oh, my goodness. And he scores it. Oh, what a pass by LeBron. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that game was on ESPN as the good thing about Anthony Davis going to the Lakers is maybe they won't force feed us the Knicks as much. Although, if you looked at last night's television on ESPN, you had the Knicks in the first game. They played the Hawks. I could barely watch that. Although, it was a super exciting game. The Hawks won. And then it followed it up with the one you just heard, the Lakers and Warriors. And I got to admit, you know, the Lakers look pretty good. Beating the Warriors 126-93 to preseason, nevertheless. But LeBron was out there having fun, yucking it up because he knows the cameras are on him at every move that he does. He's of that stature. Very few players have that stature in any sport, and certainly he has them or has it. So Lakers look pretty good. Warriors, they're a developing team now with their new players, D'Angelo Russell, and then obviously the injury to Klay Thompson and the departure of Kevin Durant. A lot has changed for them for sure. We'll see where they're at as the season progresses. Washington Wizards Wizards All-Star guard Bradley Beal, two-year extension, $72 million. Oh, my gosh. $72 million for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Now, he's a nice player. Bradley Beal. And then you got Draymond Green, you know, complaining about how bleepy organizations don't get ripped because he's defending Marquise Chris, who was, I think he was taken eighth and then a trade by the Kings and the Suns, and he sucked for the Suns. Talking about how we come down on him. We don't come down on the organizations because we want access. And... He's been in some seriously pretty tough situations, Draymond said. No one ever blames the situation, though. It's always the kid. No one ever blames the bleepy franchises. See, the, the problem is here, uh, transpose uh, the, the tough life of the player and then Bradley Beal making $72 million. A nice player, Bradley Beal. But what is Bradley Beal ever going to win in this league? Anything that matters. Is he ever going to achieve it on a, at leading a team? Not even close. 
He's Bradley Beal, a nice player, $72 million. And then Draymond wants us to feel bad for the players. When you are so rich, you are so removed from reality and the struggle that you and I go through every day. Come on. All right, that's your NBA right here, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NFL. You know, I think he's, you know, like John Elway was in the 80s and 90s. He's that guy. Like Aaron Rodgers has been for the last 12, 14 years, however many years he's been starting. He's kind of that guy. He's the great passer, the great improviser, plays with a lot of athletic arrogance, which is a compliment. You know, he's very confident in his ability. He's very poised, doesn't get rattled. And he's got an arm that, you know, is really, really good. And he can make all the throws they're asking him to make and some that they're not even asking him to make that just show up in his improvisations. That's Broncos head coach Vic Damone. You know what Vic Damone is? I do not. He's an Italian singer. Okay. I always heard that growing up. Vic Damone. Vic Damone. Go look it up. Now Fangio, Fangio for the uh, Broncos. Talking about Patrick. What up, Mahomes? Yeah, athletic arrogance. I like to think that I have broadcaster arrogance. I would agree with that. (laughs) Do I have broadcaster arrogance, people? Get on the text line. Do you want to open the text line? Come on. Did I say text line? Yeah, open mic. It's a good thing I never learned that text. You guys mocked me for years. We did. You owe me an apology, and I will not accept it. Accept my apology. I will not accept it. Okay. No. See. All right. Get on the uh, the Twitter line. How about that? PK Kinahan. I'll open the. DJ likes to open the phones. I'll open the Twitter line. I'll read them today. I'll uh, do my notification spiel. Do I have broadcaster arrogance? And is athletic arrogance is it bad? I don't think that Vic Damone is saying that Mahomes has that. And the reason why we're talking about that is because it's a Thursday night game. You got the Chiefs and the Broncos, 620 on Fox and the NFL Network. You can hear the game right here on the Zone Sports Network for sure. So that will be anytime you get an opportunity to see the Chiefs. And they've lost a couple of games in a row now, you know. Expected to be all that after last season's breakout year by Mahomes. That 4-2 isn't bad, but we got some work to do, and I would think they'd be able to do it against the Broncos, who, what are they struggling along? They got one win, right? Two and four. Two and four. Break them up. I know. John Elway, GM of the year. Vic Damone, coach of the year. Vic Damone. Defensive end, Miles Garrett of the uh, Cleveland Browns, told police he was punched in the face by a man while in his car in Cleveland. He was driving when a fan flagged him down to take a picture. The name gave him a pillow tap to the face. What? Now, this suspect has been uh, located. He's fled the scene. Who's going to punch Miles Garrett in the face? Now, most of us are normal-sized human beings. Defensive ends in the NFL are not normal-sized beings. Miles Garrett is 6'6", <laughs> yes. 270 pounds. Absolutely. Creamy. <laughs> right. Uh, you're going to punch him in the face? I couldn't imagine uh, doing anything close to being physically aggressive with a player, a person the size of the cal- of uh, Miles Garrett in the prime of his athletic career. So that's a crazy story. All right, looking forward. I'm going to be watching that game tonight. we got some baseball, some college football, and then, of course, the NFL. You can hear the game right here on The Zone Sports Network. 
Hashtag college football. No, neither way. Whether he practiced today, they all practiced, all three got reps, and that's that's all that, that we would like to divulge at this point. That's my man, the Grime Dog, Jeff Grimes, playing cat and mouse game. Doesn't want to tell us that Jaron Hall is going to start Saturday. Okay. All right, you got an opportunity to do that. Play that game. That's all they want to divulge. High-level top secret, as Gord Monson would say, down there in Provo. Jaron Hall, all three. So all the, uh, what, those, those would be the three remaining scholarship quarterbacks, except for Zach Wilson, who's still on the bend. Correct. From the thumb injury, Jaron Hall came out. And uh, Romney got in there, and then, of course, that includes Critchlow, too. Well, I wouldn't think Critchlow would be starting. They would have put him in the game if uh, he was the number two guy, but they chose to make him the number three guy. And Romney, Romney looked okay when he came in there. I mean, he was basically in a very difficult situation, obviously. Uh, but he looked all right. But my guess is they're going to go with Hall. They don't want to. How about you, Yaki? If he clears, he'll be starting. And that's the it's up to the training staff down there. Of course that concussion protocol. But no, down there. Down there in Provo. If he <laughs> if he's cleared, he'll start. And he practiced yesterday, so that's usually a good sign. Yeah, I think he's going to be cleared. That's my thought process. No one, and I want to repeat, no one from the BYU coaching staff has told me that. So that is not direct insider information. Sometimes You're not reporting. I get, no. I stay away from the injuries. I don't ask him about injuries because they get uptight, Kyle Whittingham and that. So it's just not its not worth it. I respect their right to keep that information as they desire. A lot of times you know it, but I won't say it. In fact, that's why I went, I went out of my way to make sure I didn't inquire. Because then I could come on the radio and say this is freely what I think as opposed to, okay, this is what's going to happen. Now, if it was a competition that wasn't factored by injury, then I would seek it out. But I don't like to hit those guys up on injuries. And obviously with concussions, you got to take that extremely seriously. So you never really know uh, what's going on there and see what happens. But my guess is, as you say, if Hall is cleared, he's definitely going to play. And my guess is that he will get cleared. And hopefully he can. Don't want to see injuries on anybody going forward. All right, there you go, BYU. See what happens Saturday, 97.5-1280 zone. Hashtag Major League Baseball. It gives everybody a day off and kind of an opportunity to collect ourselves before game four. It changes our pitching a little bit. How beneficial it is is probably easier to answer after I see how guys perform and, and how the pitching plays out. That's the Astros manager, A.J. Hinch. You know, last night's game was postponed. They had rain in New York. So they're going to get back at it. Game four of the ALCS. It's supposed to be tonight at 6 o'clock. 6.08, I think, is about first pitch on Fox Sports 1. The Yankees need to even that series with the Astros, who lead it 2-1. Zach Greinke is going to go on the mound for the Houston Astros. And Tanaka for New York. Tanaka was pretty doggone good in game one. That's the game that they won. And then Houston has won the last two. We'll see how that plays out. And they are obviously playing for the right to play the Nationals in the World Series. And something that we suspected all along became official yesterday. 
Joe Madden is going back home. Spent 30 years in the Angels organization. That's incredible. A three-year contract with between 12 and 15 million. I think that was pretty much uh, destined to happen once they uh, decided Osmus wasn't going to come back and that the uh, Madden was going to part ways with the Chicago Cubs. We'll see what happens now with the Angels. You know, they got that opioid thing with Tyler Skaggs and all that stuff. That's got to play out. And law enforcement, I assume, would be involved and see what goes on down there as far as the rest of that stuff. Uh, but maybe the Angels can make some good moves and get a little bit better. I'd love to see it. For Mike Trout's sake, Angels obviously AAA here with the Bees, and so we follow them to an extent. I'd love to see a bunch of top talent come through here and work its way up to the majors just like it did with Houston before they got good. And then you got Joe Girardi. He quit as the U.S. baseball manager. He was uh, the U.S. baseball team trying to qualify for Olympics. Well, he quit before he played a game because he's trying to get a job, managerial job. And he went to Northwestern, which is sort of close to one particular major league team that has an opening. Of the seven that are open, then, yeah. That would be the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs? I would think Girardi would be able to get a job. My guess is that he would want the Cubs. There you go. That is What's Trending. Coming up next, Lucky Foto, DJ and I, I'm PK, obviously, and DJ and I, we went up to practice this week, and we did an interview with Lucky Foto that we will get to next, so stay with us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. In college football, University of Alabama freshman is accused of calling a bomb threat into LSU's Tiger Stadium during the LSU-Florida game last Saturday. Connor Bruce Kroll, 19 years old of Crozet, Virginia, was arrested and jailed as a fugitive from justice. According to the police affidavit, he called in the bomb threat during the Tigers' 42-28 win because a friend was, quote, on the verge of losing a large bet. United States Representative Mark Walker from North Carolina spent Wednesday drumming up support for a proposed bill that would make it possible for all U.S. college athletes to accept endorsement money as early as January 2021. Uh, Utah State, not Utah, Utah Senator Mitt Romney said Wednesday, we're coming for you, NCAA. The number of enforced targeting penalties is down 32% in the football bowl subdivision series right now compared with the first seven games of the 2018 season the NCAA announced yesterday. As you heard, the Utah Jazz lost 126-118 to the Portland Trailblazers. They'll open up the regular season next Wednesday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. This Top of the Wire update brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with the closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. When I look at BYU football, they face this uphill battle. They face challenges a lot of programs don't. We go over all of that stuff all the time. Even if I grade all of that on a curve, they shouldn't be losing to USF. They shouldn't be outscored 25-7 to in the second half against Toledo. It can't happen. Like, they're not that bad. They're not in that bad of a position. So it is talent. It is coaching. It's all of it included. Everything matters. But yeah. BYU football should be and has to be better than this. They don't have time to be worried about injuries. No. They don't have time to be worried about on they don't have time to be worried about uh, what they did or didn't do last week. They got to win this week against Boise State. They have to. Get it together. Figure it out. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK, who wants to talk a little Utah football? I do, I do, I do, I do. Huge game. 5-1 and one Utah, 5-1 and one ASU. I think it's the biggest game in Utah history. You do not. <laughs> Liar. Uh, it's the biggest game in ASU history. What is the biggest game in Utah history? Is it the Bama Sugar Bowl? Or is it busting the BCS the first time and playing Pitt? Which oh, wasn't a competitive yeah, I don't game. I think that game was actually The game wasn't, game. but symbolically it was, we've arrived, baby. But that, but that was three, four weeks before. When they beat BYU? Yeah. So is it that BYU win? Even though that was kind of a formality. I mean, no. Croton was getting mm-hmm. fired. Urban was getting hired. One yeah, team but was it was great. what it represented. And yeah. actually, busting the BCS is jack squat compared to getting a Pac-12 invitation. And I don't think the two necessarily correlate. I know a lot of people likes to think that that's a competition and Utah earned its way in. Not really. Texas and Oklahoma, they would have done anything to get those two. Exactly. Bring whatever four friends you want. That's fine. Just be here at four o'clock. Yeah. So I don't know if there was any game. I I, I don't think the game is yet to happen. But I know you. The biggest game to date. I suppose it would be Alabama. Taking down the tide in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Or maybe McBride's first time he beat BYU. Program changer. 34-31, yeah. a 55-yard field goal. Right. In Provo. We're back, baby. Because that sounded, that sent us an Big, alarm that sounded, we are right. competing with you guys yeah. now. Yeah. We've been gone for a couple decades. Right. <laughs> but we're back. So I'd probably go those two games off the top of my head. Anything before, I wouldn't have any idea. Well, it is a big game with the Sun Devils. It is. And, of course, the Utes have been hanging their hat on their ability to defend, stop the run, and it all starts up front with the big guys. And we talked to one of them, Lucky Foto, who is, uh, as we discuss in this, is more often than not accounted for double-teamed right from the get-go. And he gets into that. There's usually 600 pounds of offensive linemen leaning on him play after play. Because if not... Stuff goes seriously wrong for the other team. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing about it. They're not uh, just playing him with a tight end with a little chip blocker or a uh, running back. No, it's a one of the beef dudes up front. So he's getting, as you say, 600 pounds of human flesh pounding on him. And he gets it that if they're doing that, that that just opens up space for everybody else. The guys behind him, the guys to the sides of him, whatever it may be. And so, yeah, you have to account for him. He's a massive dude. He's soft-spoken, but his stock has really, really risen, and that's one of the reasons he came back to increase his stock in the NFL, and I think we'll see that for sure. And I think the Sun Devils are very much aware. I read something in the offseason. They asked Eno Benjamin about the physicality of the Pac-12, and he listed Utah as the number one most physical defense he played last year. And he had a massive game against those guys last year. It was like 175 yards, if I remember correctly. He right? did, yeah. So he was really good, but yet he still said, they're the ones that hit you the hardest. And they have the, – the Sun Devils have uh, one senior on the offensive lineman. His name is Cole uh, Cabral. And he, he was a center last year. They moved him. But now they found that no, we got to have him there. So they moved him back, and they start on his sides two first first year freshmen, 
And so one of these websites did a thing where they went to Cabral and said, hey, what are you telling your guys? Because you're the unquestioned leader. And they had him at Pac-12 Media Day and all that stuff. And he said that he told the young kids on the line, buckle up. Your chin strap. He goes bowler jack there because he, Cabral, talks about how physical that the University of Utah offense or defensive line is and how they, you know, they've only allowed 53 yards a game and rushing and they're number nine in the country and points allowed 13-2 and the number 10 in total yards allowed is like 272 I think something like that and so he's telling his guys because he's played I can read you a quote they're a good group of guys Cabral said of Utah's defense you see it every year they're stout they're big they're physical they love to plug holes and shut down the run game they want to they want you to pass the ball their two guys inside are going to make two guys block them at all time to free up a linebacker to make all the plays so the offensive line of the Sun Devils is very much aware of who these guys are and Anai gets a lot of run. He makes the sacks. Mm-hmm. But I think Fotu, if I'm picking one guy to be the key to make everything run the way the defense wants to run, I think it's number 99, Fotu. We, we talk about this all the time. We bring it up a lot in football and in basketball. Who's the guy on your team who requires two guys and gives every, guarantees everyone else one-on-one battles where they just have to beat their guy. Not that that's the easiest thing to do. You can be matched up with someone who's really good. But when somebody – it can be a wide receiver who occupies two defensive backs. It can be a, a defensive lineman who always occupies two offensive linemen. It can be a guy who always has to be double-teamed in basketball. They make the game easier for everybody else. And the other guys end up looking really good, but there's usually somebody at the start who's got to take that second guy. And Fotu, when you hear, there's a quote from an opponent. They're, they're, those guys in the middle are just going to demand two guys. Yeah. And Fotu's doing it. And so it doesn't really show up in the stats. It's that thing that's hard to measure analytically, but, man, it makes the game easier for everybody else. It makes it much more predictable. The other, the other team just doesn't have that much flexibility in what they're going to do because they've already committed two guys to you. And, you know, when we were walking away, I was telling you, it's just remarkable. I mean, it's so violent in the middle, right? There's two 300-pounders trying to hit Lucky Fotu and send him one way or the other and get him out of the way. There's 600 pounds. Of it. But he is just this gentle, giant, soft-spoken. How do you turn that on and turn that off? You're not occupying two, two linemen with that soft-spoken. I mean, you are getting after it. But when he's talking to us, soft-spoken, talking about his mom, remembering growing up in Oakland, mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah. just, it just, it's like night and day. But both things, you know, have to be true. Yeah, because otherwise he couldn't perform and, and have the ASU guys talking about him this way. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and to play the way he's played and to attract all the attention and to be a leader of this defense and the defense allowing just 52 yeah. yards rushing, well, you're just, yeah, as, as Cabral said, the linemen for the Sun Devils, they want you to throw the ball, so they're putting you in passing situations. 
if you're able to throw the ball in situations to your advantage, that becomes an issue. But the Utah's defense, when they make you throw the ball, they're putting themselves at the advantage because it's second, third, and long. And obviously the percentages go up in the defensive's favor here. And I think there's going to be several keys to this game. But I think certainly that's one key to see how ASU's young offensive line handles an extremely experienced defensive line with three guys up front and then you got a couple other guys uh in Tupai and uh who's the other guy uh Tafua uh and those guys come in and they can make plays but it's those three dudes Penasini Anai and Fotu which and I think with Fotu leading the way of being able to set the tone and I think we'll know fairly early you know, at the end of the first quarter, if Eno Benjamin has like 15 yards or something, it's going to be trouble. All right, we're interviewing him at practice. So you're going to hear a few things. You're going to wonder what's going on in the background. You had us move over to a uh, wall that's on the kind of the uh, east side of the practice field. We we're trying to get away because this is uh, on Tuesday. They bring up youth football teams and guys are signing autographs and all that stuff. And so naturally, we get away from them so that you don't hear that in the background. You can hear the interview more clearly. And then what happens? They all walk off the field right by us making a racket. So you're going to hear that. And then Fotu's, he's popular with his teammates, and he's getting interviewed, which may or may not be his thing, and his teammates are hollering at him. So you'll hear, lucky, lucky, in the background uh, as different players take off the practice field. But here he is, Lucky Fotu, with PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are with one of the stars of the Utah defensive line, and he's already given me a look when I say that. He's been looking away. Mr. Fotu, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Do you like being referred to as one of the stars of the line? Uh, no, I, I, I believe everybody you know, should, should get that name. Yes, <laughs> but, yeah, you got it because you listen to coaches and they all talk about number 99, the dude, the big dude on the end, the guy with the long hair and all that. Uh, is there a sense of responsibility that comes with being a marked man, knowing that just about every offensive line is looking out to make sure they know where you are at all times? Um, I believe so. Um, you know, going into each game, I kind of know, you know, if, if the O-line is, you know, scheme is, you know, trying to, you know, say, trying to take me out or, you know, um, my my job is to, you know, take up as much guys so our backers can look yeah. clean and, you know, make the play. You know, as, as long as they make the play in the backfield, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that, you know, and for sure, get, you know, come out with a W, but yeah. What percentage of the time do you think you get double teamed? How often is it two guys on you right from the snap? Um, especially this year, I I, I want to say pretty often, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, that, that leaves other guys, you know, with one-on-ones, and um, I think that's a good thing you know, that I try to eat up those two or three guys. And, you know, John or, or Brad has that one-on-one, and, you know, hopefully they make the play. So when you're getting that two-on-one against you, is that a combination of other offensive linemen? Is it a tight end, or is it a running back, or is it all of the above? Uh, mostly the, the guard and center uh-huh. or the, the guard and tackle that, that usually does that. Or So guys the, your size. Yeah, guys my size or the, you know, the, the running back will come, out, uh, come down, you know, creep down and, you know, do a little tip block here and there or the tight end. But, mostly but you the, just swat him away like a fly, right? I try to, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. So 
How how long were you playing before you started getting that kind of treatment? How long did it build take to build that rep with the other team's defensive coordinator? Um, I want to say I believe my my sophomore year. I think that's when you know coaches took the recognition of me. Um, I, I had more playing time my my sophomore year, and then you know coming back or going into my junior year. Um, I think I think that's when teams you know knew uh, more about me and you know, the, the way I play. How long or how how hard or no? How long can you go say play wise before you need a rest? Um, I want to say probably like eight or nine plays. You know, I I, I can go um, without you know, having a sub in, mm-hmm. but you know I think. I think that's on, you know, depends on the drives in the game, but I, I think around eight or nine. So how does that work? They they know you've been in there that many consecutive plays. Do you tell them or do you rely on them to pull you out? Um, it just depends on, you know, our, our coach. Um, he sees the way we, we react in the game, mm-hmm. uh, especially on a long drive. Um, he knows when we're tired. So he, he tried to keep us keep us in uh, as long as he can, you know, uh, throughout the drive. To try to you know stop the offense momentum, um, and then you know once he feels like it's the right time to, to pull us out, then he'll pull us. And out. then how long do you stay out? Uh, probably like three three plays. Then you're ready four, to go. Then ready to go back in. Kyle Winningham's talked about how. You know the best teams have veteran leadership, and the young guys set the tone for, the, or the old guys set the tone for the young guys. When you were a young guy, was there someone, or maybe more than one guy, who kind of brought you along? And this is how you D linemen do it, and this is how you're going to get to where we are, and this is what you're going to do when you're a senior. Yes, sir. Um, the seniors, my my freshman year, were uh, Bassoni, uh, Tassini, and uh, the other guys were uh, uh, Filippo. And uh, Lowell, so you know those three guys. My freshman, you know, I looked up to them uh, a lot, and uh, they helped me a lot with my game um, going into my sophomore junior year. Uh, especially Filippo and uh, Lowell, um, they helped me a ton with my technique, and uh, you know I, I've taken some of their experiences um, and their feedbacks um, from watching from watching them and them helping me out you know I, I try to blend it in with my own game and uh, you know, I, I think the outcome is you know, the way I'm playing today you know, it's because of their, their help. How difficult was it to decide to come back and not test the NFL? Um, you know I talked about it you know uh, with my my mom my family and my coaches but um, you know at the end of the day um, I thought it was the best for, for me to come back. Um, just knowing that, you know, if I came back and um, had a little bit better season and then improve in areas where I needed to be, um, I knew that they could help my stock go up. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the, the main reasons why I came back is, uh, you know, try to try to get my stock. Improve it, yeah. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, finish what we started last year. Mm-hmm. So you've been on some good teams here. And this team looks like it has a chance to be better. You still got to do it, but it looks like it's trending that way. Can you put your finger on one or two things that are better this year than last year, where the club's really improved? Um, I think I'll say uh, just the way that that we stick together. Um, you know, 
um, after the SC game. You know, most guys, you know, tend to put their heads down. But, you know, we, we came back um, that following week, um, you know, stopped up, you know, didn't, didn't really care about it. You know, the game was already over. And uh, we came out and, you know, we, we took it on Washington State. And, um, you know, if, if you watch the game, you can tell, you know, uh, everybody wanted to play, um, but was, was angry with the loss. So we took it out on them, you know, and uh, a lot of guys redeemed themselves in that game. And, uh, you know, last game, some of the guys did the same thing. So, you know, it's, I think just this year, um, just sticking together uh, through the tough times and, you know, just bouncing back. So it's clear that, you know, you, you took it out on Washington State after getting beat by SC. I mean, that was obvious. So how about going back to ASU? Because their offense really had their way with your defense last year. I'm sure you know it as well as anybody. How about that same type of feeling? You speak about redeeming yourselves against Washington State. How about redeeming yourselves against Arizona State for the last loss last year in Tempe? Yes, sir. Yeah, um, you know, watching film from last year, you know, um, it was bitter to watch it. Um, but, you know, I'm thankful, you know, that you know, I'm back here again. Mm-hmm. Um, same situation, you know, uh, really good team that we're going to go against. Um, but, you know, just with the, the guys that all came back last year, they, they all know the feeling from last year's game. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I expect uh, our defense to step up big time uh, this year. Um, uh, yeah, to, to step up big time this game, um, and uh, you know, try to try to you know take them down this week. You know, the depth of this line has been really good for a long time, and I'm curious when you got recruited, some players really look at playing time and might see a deep group and think there's not going to be playing time. I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Did that depth attract you? Did it worry you a little bit? How did you look at it? No, I didn't really. Uh, pay attention to the depth my freshman year uh, just knowing how talented the, the older guys were um, I I look at my freshman year as my learning year um, learn a lot from them just watching them throughout the, the, the season the, the way they play and uh, yeah I didn't really care for much during the, you know my freshman year with, with the, the depth chart just more learning so it's clear your stock has improved and after this season, you know, when the draft comes around in April, your name is going to be called. So with that in mind, once you become rich, what's the first thing you're going to buy? Um, not sure. It's, it's up to my mom. <laughs> so you're yeah. going to get her something? Yeah, yeah. Whatever my mom wants, uh, you know. She's, Trip to Hawaii. <laughs> if that's what she wants, you know, she'll, she'll get it. Okay, why you say that, though? Obviously, that must mean something to you to want to reward her for whatever she's done for you. Why is that? Um, yeah, just what you said, you know, um, it's my reward to her, uh, you know, playing football and hopefully, you know, trying to make it to the next level. Um, and if that does happen, you know, this my way of paying her back for everything that she's done for my siblings and I. What kind of sacrifices were she, was she making? Um, way too many. To, uh, way too many to, uh, to say. You know, we, I think, or no, I think, I know that we're the reason why she has gray hair, you know, uh, all the stress and everything that she's been through. I know, I know. But, Almost uh, done. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, just, just the way that she, she raised us, you know, um, we, we had some tough losses uh, in 
beginning of our years uh, and especially moving out here um, didn't have much didn't start with a lot while moving out here and uh, you know she she and my my uh, my uncle did a lot where'd you come from uh, from Oakland California okay yeah um, yeah, we didn't have much there. Moved here, didn't have much, you know, and started to build our name um, with football, you know, and, you know, the, the rest is history. Cool. All right, well, good luck with the NFL and good luck with Arizona State. Yes, sir, appreciate it. That's lucky foe to Utah, one of their standout defensive linemen. How many guys in the NFL this year, you think? That they'll have off this team, off yeah. the defensive line? Well, you start with the D-line, but off the whole team, because he talks in there about freeing linebackers up to make plays. You know, does Bernard make it? Yeah, uh, he, they make teams well, throw the ball. Then you get into the defensive backfield. Well, Jalen Johnson, obviously, Well, I think guy. the three seniors up front have a shot. I think Francis Bernard has a shot. I think Julian Blackman has a shot. Jalen Johnson is going to go to the NFL. So what's that? Uh, Six. Th- what do I got? Uh, Moss three, on four. offense. Yeah, I was just speaking of defense right, right now. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, those guys, those five guys come to mind right off the top right. of my head. So Moss is six for sure, and then maybe you get a seventh or eighth guy. I think Hunley can get a look. O-line? Or, um, I have to go back and see who's, senior, who's right, a senior. Yeah, And then, of course, juniors who might leave early. Yeah. But the O-line's a little on the younger side. Had some change this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's going to there's probably when it's said and done, this 2019 football team, I'd say probably have seven or eight guys. That's pretty good. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. Got to tell you about where we're going to be tomorrow. Murdoch Hyundai. Join DJ and PK tomorrow. That's Friday, October 18th at Murdoch Hyundai in Murray. That's 4646 South State Street in Murray. Obviously, we are going to be talking a whole lot of college football on Friday. Frank Dolce is going to be joining us as the Utes have a massive game against the upstart Arizona State Sun Devils, who were featured Last night on HBO, in the college version of Hard Knocks, I don't have HBO. I wish I did. I talked to some people and said it was outstanding. And then driving in this morning, uh, listening to some national stuff, they were talking about it. Uh, Herm Edwards is just a magnet for publicity. Reminds me of a guy sitting across from me, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com, a magnet of publicity. Is that what I do? <laughs> now, you've been in this, working in this market, Ben, a long time. So tell me, honest opinion, going back when you heard that the Devils were going to hire Herm Edwards, did you scoff, mock, and scorn like so many of the folks locally? Locally speaking, locally here, locally in the Phoenix area, and obviously nationally? Yes, you yeah, did. I didn't think it made any sense. I mean, I, I got that they were looking to go outside of the box, and sometimes that works. And Arizona State itself produces uh, outside of the box types of people like yourself. So <laughs> I, I thought, 
I mean, I thought it was weird. I, I thought it was going to be a short stint because of his age, and maybe that's just age. I mean, I thought that this is a this is a transitional period, but he's come in. He's actually kind of redefined how to how to run that program, and I think he's done a nice job. And look, I thought last year he had three great seniors, like not three great seniors, two really good seniors, uh, and then had Eno Benjamin. I thought, okay, those guys fell in his lap, and that's going to be enough for him to get by, and that's why he had the success he did last year. I think five and one this year? They're 5-1, and one, yeah. They got and a top th- 15 program? Three point, I think they're 18. Okay. I, I just did not see that this year. I, I didn't. I did not at all believe, especially with Jaden Daniels, that they'd be this good of a team. Uh, I can honestly say I didn't see that this year, although the season is not done yet. The tougher part of the schedule is in the back half. The, you know they've got uh, Oregon, SC, and obviously Utah this week. So you could easily see three losses right there. But if they get to eight and four, if they got to eight and four, that superseded expectations. Yeah, you're right, absolutely. If they got to eight and four, I thought he could be a coach of the year candidate in the conference. If they got to eight and four, because that would clearly put them well as it as it is now. If they got to eight and four, that would put them at five and four in the conference. And second or third place, maybe because they're going to crush UCLA and they're going to crush Oregon State. So it might come down Arizona. to that. It might come down to the final game of the season against Arizona. Yeah, if they lose to Utah, Oregon, SC, SC might be debatable, but I would imagine that they would. Well, they're obviously they're already underdogs against the Utes here on Saturday. They do have Oregon at home later in the season, but I would think the way Oregon's playing that they'd probably be an underdog on that one. So I can see them losing if they manage to get those those other games you said, and then got one. If they got the nine and three, wow! They, because they played twenty nine freshmen, so. I've often said to me with coaches, you don't know what's going to happen until they get on the job. And then then you find out. And I will say, I looking back, I didn't think it was a bad hire, but I didn't think it would be a great hire. No. And you're right. I mean, look at the celebration we saw in Provo when, when Ty Detmer and Kalani came in and the, the songs that were being written and performed on YouTube about BYU. Yeah. You just never know what the fit's going to be. And, and sometimes it just takes lightning in a bottle. And Arizona State's found that. Is there any reason to believe that Arizona State isn't as good as their ranking says they are? I mean, I guess you look at their wins so far this year. What is their best win? Is it is it Cal or is it Michigan State? Michigan State's not great this year. Michigan State, uh, yeah, they got smoked by Wisconsin last week, right? Michigan State's okay. Uh, Cal is a little bit of a question mark because the whole second half was played without their starting quarterback. He got hurt, if I recall, right at the end of the first half. Right at Herm Edwards' feet, actually. He was running, and then as soon as Herm, the kid went down... Do you think Herm had something to do with it? No, but, but Herm... Herm saw it. I mean, he was literally right at Herm's feet, and Herm immediately motioned for the training staff to get over because he knew exactly what it was. So that's a nasty injury that's going that's affecting Cal. And Cal comes in here next week with Monster as the backup, and maybe at that at that point he was unprepared. Now he will have had two three starts by the time the Utes get him next week. Maybe they can be better. Uh, you know, Washington State was a nice win. I mean, they're all really. Any any conference win, with sure. the exception of like Oregon State or UCLA, maybe they're they're good wins. Uh, they're okay. They, 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 I don't think they've had stunning wins. They've had two both wins they got on the road were against teams that were nationally ranked, and you can argue that they have way better wins than any wins that Utah has. They're not Colorado last year who won their first five games of the season and then lost seven straight because they played absolutely nobody in the beginning half of the year. I don't think that's what Arizona State is this season. I think you're. I think they're going to finish with some more wins. I think they finish with eight, eight wins this year. Uh, as a Devil fan, if you would have told me in August eight and four, I would have kissed you. Yeah. 
You still kiss me. Well, metaphorically speaking. Oh, okay. Now, going forward as we get into the 8 o'clock hour, there's a group of guys that I'm not going to kiss. <laughs> not at all. Not, not for the way they're playing. I want to. Hopefully we can in the spring, but not right now. Because there's some things going on here, and it's preseason. I get it. Don't want to go crazy. But we're going to break down the Jazz with Ben Anderson, who's been covering the Jazz for many, many years and was basically a resident expert. And we're going to find out what's going on. How much should we take stock of what's happened? How much should we be nervous? And what's the optimistic level going forward? Stay with us. We'll get to that next over the next couple hours right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.